Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was 14 and uh, it seems a while ago now and I was in year nine at high school and I was... I, was, I grew up, my parents gave their life to Christ at a church just down the road from here, somewhere in these suburbs. And, um, and when I was young, I went to church. Um, I watched the, the transformation of my parents uh, as a young child. And then I made my own decision to follow Jesus when I was 14, year 9. And, um, and at the start of this year, I turned 40. Started, I know, you can't believe that. Uh, I look like I'm in my 20s. I know it's something I just have to deal with every day. But I do have three uh, children. My eldest is Eva. She's 13 and she's as tall as her mum now. And then Iana is 11 and Leo, my son, is 9 and he is a legend. And, um, and so uh, I turned 40 at the start of the year and it was really like, you know, turning 30 was a really big deal. Anyone here got that coming up? Um, and you're like... Is my life over? And, uh, and so, yeah, because that's what you think, right? And, and you think, what, what, can people over 30 do anything? And because you're in your 20 and you realize you, you think you know everything and stuff like that. And, um, and then you get to 30 and you realize, oh, wow, I'm just getting started. And then I got to 40. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm about to turn 40. And then I realized I really am just getting started because the more you know, the more you realize you don't know and, um, and you get along in life. And so I was going to show you a couple of pictures of my 40th birthday. Is that all right? It's me and my, 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 my mum and my dad, and then next to my wife, beautiful wife Kirsten, is my great aunt, Pat, my auntie Patsy. And uh, she's awesome, and she's the reason my whole family got saved. And when she lived in Montrose, just around the corner, um, she got saved and, and began a whole story of radical change. And now, uh, I'm, I'm, I was looking back and I was thinking about um, these 40 years. Uh, I'm walking in the privilege of so many things that other people have done that I did not have, but I'm standing on what they have established, what they've fought for, what they've bought in their life, and now I'm walking in the benefit of that. And so I'm celebrating my 40th birthday, enjoying just about to celebrate 20 years of marriage, and, uh, and loving life. And so, next photo, because fun. We had a blast. It was in February and it was in Mount Beauty, beautiful place. And one more photo, I think maybe one more photo. Yeah, that's us. And just, we did, instead of doing a one-night party, I thought, that's too short <laughs> for such a big thing. I decided, because I was so afraid, and my wife's advice to me was, just, could you figure this out and get over it? <laughs> I decided, I will fight the fear and I'll have a festival of 40. And so I had a three-day party, invited my family and friends, and this is where we stayed at my friends. Uh, my friends, very privileged to have friends who own a resort, an eco-resort. And we stayed there and proceeded to have three days of ridiculous fun. Because, you know, you have a party one evening, you don't get to talk to half the guests. Well, I just hung out for three days. Anyone feel like having a three-day party right now? I mean, this winter has gone on forever in this city and in this state. And so I can just tell you, so that'll do for those photos. That'll do for those photos. And, um, and, uh, and so I just was so blessed by that. And, uh, and, and I, I was looking back over my life and my, my journey and realized God has done some amazing things in my life. And it's really probably uh, the most significant thing I was thinking about as I've traveled through these months since turning 40 is the wisdom that God has given to me that's allowed me to live in a state of my life that is 
probably this year I've had to face some of the most challenging moments of my life, but walk in his blessing and favor. And it's because of the wisdom that he has given to me over that time that's allowed me to be in that place. And so I wanted to talk to you tonight about the wisdom of God. And uh, if you wanted to give a fancy title to this message, you could call it Winning at Life. (laughs) Winning at Life. I mean, let's be real. Some of you, if you make it out of your house and to your first appointment by 1 p.m., you are winning at life. That's the real, real deal, right? But, you know, as you're further along, your life gets more responsibilities and things happen. And, and so uh, you, you, there's a lot more complexity to be what we would perceive to be winning at life. And I've got to say, turning 40 and looking around the benefit and the blessing of God over my life, I've got to say it is by the wisdom that God has given me that I have not blown up my life blown up my marriage, made my kids hate me, my parents hate me, and blown up all the things that God has blessed me. And it's by the wisdom that God has imparted into my life. And so I just wanted to spend a few moments talking about 40 things that God has given me. (laughs) Hang on, let me just check the time. (laughs) I don't think we're going to fit them in, but I'll give you a few. Is that all right? Is that all right? Just give you a few. Is that okay? I'll give you a few. Won't go for 40. You can get them off me later. You can email me, call me. My phone number's on my Facebook page, I don't mind. And it's all right. So I, I think back to my life and I think about all the things that God's done. And it's like at 14 years old, making a decision to follow him. And I'll look through. And really, by the time I turned 17, I had read the Bible cover to cover a couple of times. Couldn't remember hardly any of it. And, but there was one aspect of the Bible, like really probably the book of Acts really stood out to me, the Gospels. But there was one one group of teachings in the Old Testament called the Book of Proverbs that really imparted my life. And at 17, someone, a, a preacher once said, read one chapter of Proverbs a day for the rest of your life. And so whatever that day is, just read that. So today's the 6th of November. So I wake up this morning and since the age of 17, I've just read a chapter of the Book of Proverbs because there's 31. And conveniently, we don't have any, more, any months that have more days than 31 days. So it's really easy to keep track of and you don't ever feel guilty about missing days. And so I just go through this journey of grabbing hold of the wisdom of God and imparting it into my life and I'm walking in the blessing of that and so about the same time as a young fella I loved going up into the mountains and um and I love hanging anyone else like going out to the bush does anyone think going into a park in the middle of Melbourne is like your outdoor experience (laughs) standing on grass well I, I sort of like to go probably a bit further than that I like to go deep wilderness and I love to do that sort of stuff and so I, I went on a journey of um, uh, uh, embracing a, a number of different activities including cross-country skiing and my neighbor actually turned out to be uh, the ski head of the ski patrol at one of the mountains near, near Mount Buller, a, ski, a cross-country mountain and I was at 15, 16 making decision apologies and I started um, getting really uh, passionate about outdoor activities and skiing and going out the mountains and so at 15 I would finish school on a Friday and then I would pack on my kit and then I would jump in my neighbor's four-wheel drive and we would drive up to Mount Sterling near Mount Buller and I would spend a couple days or a day there just enough time to get back for church on Sunday really early I'd hitch or whatever at 15 because that's what we used to do it used to be safe apparently back in those days and uh And I love spending time in the mountains learning. And there was a season of growing where you realize you 
really uh, unprepared for a lot of things in your life. And so I've got one or two picks of what I like to do. Is that all right if I show a few of them? And then I'll get to 40 things that I learned about wisdom. I love doing this, going outdoors and that's on Mount Bogong. And just I love just being out there. And, and, and that was like minus nine that morning. It was awesome. And um, you can die if you're not prepared, but it's really awesome. <laughs> and, um, and so I like just checking out God's beauty. And that, that was that morning and watching the sunrise and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's probably 80K an hour winds and it's quite cold. And um, that minus... 15 or 18 and that's that's what I like to do that's my thing right and and so when I started that at 15 I had no idea what I was doing and I found myself tagging along with a whole lot of people who did know what they were doing and as a ski patroller you go into crisis moments with people who are really in need and one of the first ones I responded to as a ski patroller was a moment where a guy had been skiing along in the snow and the snow uh, sort of just fell away under his skis and so his ski went under the snow but his leg kept going and so his leg just went like snapped forward and then like there was bone parts sticking out and, and when, when you're on a white surface and there's just a little bit of blood it looks really graphic and when you're on a white surface and there's heaps of blood it's like shocking and uh, so I watched a um, professional very experienced wiser man handle a crisis moment and I stood there He's like, Michael, get the green whistle, pour the chemical on it and stick it in his mouth because he's screaming a lot and I can't think when he's screaming. So I'm like, breathe on that, suck that in. He's like, I'll fix this, you fix that. <laughs> so that, that's me. And, and as I've gone along in life, it's been like God equips you with more wisdom, insight, understanding, uh, knowledge and knowledge applied is wisdom and we can handle the different things that go in our life. So I look back and I think, wow, God, you've blessed me with heaps of wisdom. The book of James says, those who are unwise in this presentation, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. You know, Solomon, of all the things he could ask God, and, and I'm talking a, a lot to young people. I want to encourage some young people here tonight. He said, of all the things he could ask God, God said, ask me what you want. And he said, God, give me an understanding mind and an ear that hears you. He asked and he sought out for wisdom. And I can't encourage you enough. Whatever stage of life you're at, especially if you're in teens and 20s, even in your 30s, just keep seeking the wisdom of God so that you can handle all the things that are unfolding around your life because God wants you to live blessed as his son and daughter and the blessing that comes from that. So um, if you look in the book of Proverbs, there's two main characters, the wise person and the fool. Wisdom and folly. And if you're not familiar with it, I'd encourage you to grab hold of it and go through that. I really think God's going to impart. So, so here's some wise things I've learned. You can write these down if you want, um, about uh, 40 things from 40 years. But we'll just do a few, okay? Number one, be yourself. Does that sound familiar? Has anyone ever told you that before? Don't be a cheap copy of someone else. Just be you because God created you. Be the best version of you. Don't be an average low-grade version of you. Be the best version of you. So get rid of some annoying habits. Develop who you are. Be the best version of who God created you to be exceptional, be influential. Number two, take time to start. Things take time, so start now. Things don't happen overnight. They take time. So start now sowing habits. I'm so glad that I made a decision at 17 to grab hold of God's wisdom because I'm walking in the benefits of that now in my life. It's never too late. James says, ask God for wisdom and he gives it generously. 
to you. Ever felt like you weren't prepared for a test that came to you? Like, I mean, that was me in high school, university. I'm like, I don't remember studying this. That's life. You get tested all the time at things you aren't prepared for. But when you're connected to the one who is wisdom, you can receive that. And so just take, things take time. So start now. Number three, listen more, talk less. Proverbs chapter 10 to chapter 15 is all about, you just go high and highlight all of the things that, about your tongue and about speaking. And you'll see so much about that. You know, I just love it when my mum used to uh, tell me very clearly, Michael, you were given one mouth and two ears. Yeah. Anyone know that one? Yeah. Uh, if your mum's sitting next to you, just sort of shuffle over to the side and you'll be okay. You know, Listen more, talk less. We do not know everything. Even though we think we do, uh, we actually don't. The more we know, the more we realize we don't know. And so here's another thing. Uh, number four. So we're going to get through quite a few. Um, get the best you can. Quality pays. Get a good wife. Pay a high price. I'm telling you, young men. Pay a high price. Pay a High price because it pays off. Proverbs 5.18, you know. Um, you know, she is more precious than rubies. And sitting on the front row is my best friend, my greatest encourager, and my best companion in life. And God has blessed me so much. But do you know, I had to pay quite a lot. <laughs> not, not, just, not just this. I mean this. And I had to shape my life. And, and so I want to encourage you, uh, get quality and, and do that because it just pays off long term. Is that okay? Uh, five, pay now, play later. And Proverbs 20 says, ill-gotten gain turns to gravel in your mouth. You get it cheap now, you'll pay for it later. You know, do the hard yards now. And I think that's part of my mentality as a cross-country skier. Uh, I used to actually have to climb up the hill myself and then ski down. Uh, if we're always looking for the gravity-fed, easy wins, we're not going to adopt and grab hold of the disciplines in our life that are going to do that. I mean, I love ski lifts now. I've got to tell you, I really love them. I just love getting a season's pass and just going all down. But there are some things that you've got to do in life where you've got to work hard first and then enjoy it later. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Touch someone next to you and say, you really needed that. I don't know. Easy credit now is painful later. All right, number six. The right way is often the hard way. Um, you know, it's easy to respond with emotion and just blah, let it all out. Blah. But if you respond in wisdom in a situation and strength from God, you will not be the fool and commit folly, but you will be the wise person and so for the future. Number seven, building on that, is you reap what you sow. Pay attention to what you sow in life. There is a season for everything. Uh, there is um, seed time and harvest. It is a principle of God. It is not karma. It is was It was... Written in the word of God well before that word, word karma was ever turned. What you sow, that you will reap in your life. So choose wisely what you sow. Galatians 5 says, sow to please the spirit, don't sow to please the flesh. And you'll reap that in your life. And I've got to say, it's awesome being in my just starting my 40s and walking in things that I did not realize how awesome, how, how, how powerful it would be sowing that then because I'm walking in that now. And... Um, Number eight, is this all right for someone tonight? Generosity is your weapon. 
It will cause you to prosper. Generosity is your weapon. You know, Proverbs 11.11 is just so powerful. Those, the man who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So live your life with a sense of generosity. I mean, you don't give money to everyone. I mean, who doesn't love one of those great handshakes? With a couple of 50s in it. I mean, who doesn't feel like getting one of them right now? Who wants one of those handshakes? Who could do well? You're thinking pizza. You're thinking whatever to get through and whatever you need. And there is nothing wrong with cash generosity. And I want to tell you, your church, I'm so excited to see what God's done in the last few weeks of deliberate generosity. You're sowing to do something great. And I really believe that's going to be amazing. But I also know generosity of heart and mind and speech and emotion to other people is so powerful. It's your weapon. And, and our world really doesn't know it. I mean, I get so sick of people saying, oh, kindness, be kind, be kind. It's like this weird social twist on the heart of God. You know, just, just be, in all things, be kind. And so you put this nice pinky colored thing on your Instagram that says, be kind and a love heart and a kiss kiss. But then you're a total to people who are in your life, you know, and you're like, what, what's the deal with that? No, I'm talking about having a generous spirit wherever you go, to your family, to your friends, to people around you, workmates, your boss who is a total, be a generous person. Number nine, choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. Did I tell you choose your friends wisely? It doesn't mean you are exclusive and you can't hang out with people because Jesus was friend of all sorts of people. Um, and we teach our children, you, can, you just need to be friendly. You don't need to be friends with everyone. Just be friendly. Uh, and you can walk through life and be so influential. Gather so much to your life because you're friendly, but you choose your friends wisely. Um, you've got to do the work of a friend to have friends. You know, and we can talk all about that, but we won't tonight. Um, um, number 10, this is really straight. Don't be a fool. I've been there. It hurts. It hurts me. It hurts my, the people closest to me. And when you've been a fool, own it, repent of it, and do your best not to go back there. It's just some wisdom that I've learned. It's 20 years since I was 20. It's two decades. I've been around enough to see what being a fool does to my own life and to other people's life. And so I want to encourage some young men here. Be wise men. Be great men. Men are great. I want to encourage some young women here tonight. Be great young women. Be wise young women. Don't be arrogant and proud. Be humble and own your stuff and deal with it and work through it. Number 11. Jesus' love never fails. Oh, my goodness. If we could just grab hold of that, that he is always faithful to us. He never leaves us and forsakes us. That is so wise. I, I, how am I going? Can I give you a couple more? Yeah. Yeah. Number, no. What are we up to? Number 12, the kingdom is fun who like, for those who like adventure. I have learned that. If you're willing to go with God on a journey, it will be crazy, adventurous fun. It is like the most risky experience ever being a son and daughter of the Most High God, going on a journey where you say, God, use me. Because <laughs> a few months later, you're like, God, why is this happening to me? And he's like, you said back then in that service with that preacher from the country that has internet and um, <laughs> that uh, use me and I, now I'm using you and, and then we realize oh that's right God send me and he sends you and you're like oh 
And, you know, it, it's a total adventure living this life. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Number 13, take up invitations that take you higher and take you deeper. Say yes to stuff. The right stuff. Say yes to things, opportunities. When, when your pastor says, I really think you've got the capacity to try this or do that. You know, and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Or someone comes into your life and says, uh, 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 here's an opportunity. Say yes to things that will take you higher and deeper. It, it's risky. Number 14, pray. Talk with God all the time about everything. In all things, pray and talk to God. Have a conversation that starts. My conversation really started in 1990 with God. And it's been going ever since. And I've got to say there's some quiet periods. But then the, the conversation that I have now uh, is so life-giving. I, I just, I feel like sometimes I'm like, whoa, I just got so caught up in my own mind. I, I, I was got disconnected. The conversation that he has for me is so powerful. Okay, number 15, praise. Give thanks and also that psalm that you read out, Pastor Ben. Give thanks in everything. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. You know, Lord, my life is falling to pieces, but I know you're good, so I'm going to give you thanks anyway. That my, I'm being wounded and attacked and, and oppressed, but I'm just going to give you thanks. I can tell you it is the wisest thing to praise God. Number 16, I think we'll draw a line here. Okay, we'll draw a line. Love your family. Love your family. I mean, I mean you might have got... You might have got the, the best deal ever with family. I mean, have you ever connected with someone and you're like, could we swap families? <laughs> Anyone ever done that? Don't do it. They're as messed up as yours. You just haven't discovered it yet. <laughs> you know, but there are some real deal. Like, there's some really messed up stuff that happens. But you've got to love it and figure it out. You've got to figure out what happened to you in your childhood. I mean, really, in your 20s, that's all you do. You just figure out what on earth just happened to me. And then on, in your 30s, you start to move on, you know. From, that's what it is. Like, that's life, right? And, and, and so, and then 40s, you're like, I'm doing to my own kids what was done to me. Ooh. And then your 50s, I think you just forget about it and concentrate on your grandkids. And, um, and <laughs> that's just how it seems to roll. But love your family. Love your earthly family. But love your spiritual family. You know, God places people in your life along the journey that as you go along, you realize, oh my goodness, God, this is the most precious thing you've given me are the people that I share this journey with. I've got to say, I've been doing local church leadership for a long time now. And, uh, and really, um, the most amazing blessing, the most amazing tangible physical blessing is the people that God's put in my life. For this journey you know so don't take for granted who God puts on your row right now just look along your row look along just go on do it do it do it I dare look along your row right now I mean you might be obsessed with the shortcomings of the people in your row but God has placed them in your life because of the strengths that they have now you might be sitting next to the person that frustrates the living <laughs> Lights out of you, or has significantly disappointed you. No elbows, please. With genuine hurt into your life. But we know that the, the, the most powerful people that can injure us are the ones that are closest to us in our life. So that's why we're going to go on the journey of figuring out family, figuring out our spiritual family. And the most powerful thing to do is just stay in the room. Stay in the conversation. Stay in the relationship. It doesn't mean you let yourself be abused, injured, pushed around, all that sort of stuff. But it is you go on that journey. So 
um, you know, I've, I look through the book of Proverbs and, and I really feel God wants to just seal this in a few people's lives tonight. You know, Proverbs 3 says, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, Proverbs 169 is defined probably a big part of my life. You might want to write this down. Um, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Young people, if you could just grab hold of, I trust God, I set my course for Him, but He will take you on a journey. You might not know, because we all think, present, dream, straight line. We all know, it's like, so if we just trust that. And, And here's another favorite, Proverbs 22 verse 29 says, See a man skilled with his hands he will not serve before ordinary men he will serve before kings if we develop what god's given us what jesus talked about in the parables of the talents if we steward what god gives us he will usher us into the presence of greatness and so uh you know month after month since i was 17 i've been reading the book of proverbs and i've got to tell you i mean this bible is five years old and I've got to start again. It's just too full because every, every day I read it and I'm like, oh my goodness, God, you've you revealed something else. And there's so many sermon titles and stuff stuck in there. And, and I look at it and I say, oh my goodness, God, I, I've never seen that before. It's 23 years of reading this and you keep revealing yourself to me. So I, I want to tell you that I used to think it was only about those two characters. I'm going to finish with this. And then we're going to pray for some people. I used to think it was only about those two characters, the wise and the fool. And so often I would view what I was reading in the scriptures and interpreting it, even with the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, my mind would interpret it was, I have been foolish here or I'm tick, I'm the wise person. Oh, I've been a fool again. I've been wise. But then I realized it was a very one-dimensional view of what God has for us. And so... What I realized is actually this was, book was written by the son of a king who became a king. Most of it was written by Solomon, who was the son of King David, one of the most influential people in the Old Testament. And um, what it is, is a revelation for us how to live as sons and daughters of the Most High, the King of Kings. And it actually is, and this book captures so much of the royal ways of people who follow Jesus. You know, in Second Peter, um, he writes to the church and he says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart unto God. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You have got the royalness of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords over in your life. And he wants you to live like that. And Jesus is wisdom, word, the word made flesh. He is the embodiment of wisdom. But the person of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. And so uh, this might seem like a sort of a different Sunday night topic, but I feel like there's an encouragement for young men and women whatever stage of life you're at, to embrace the scriptures, 
to embrace the person who is Jesus, who is wisdom, and to embrace the spirit of wisdom. The one who Jesus said is our counselor, our comforter, and our guide. And I look through all of the things that have gone on in my life over these decades of walking with him, and I think, oh my goodness, God, if I did not have you, if I did not have the substance of your scripture, the person of wisdom, and the counselor come from my life, oh my goodness, I thank you that I was able able to connect with that and navigate through that situation, that season, that circumstance, and now be walking in this moment, in this time with your blessing and favor on my life. I want to tell you, my life has not been perfect. I have made so many mistakes. I have made and hurt so many people, including myself. But it is the grace of God over my life and His wisdom that's extended to me every day. And I say, God, if you would just give me some more wisdom. I want to set up my future. Now, it's not about me. It's not about just getting a girl. It's about building something of substance for the future, for my children, for my church, for the community that you've placed me in. And I want to speak this prophetic word from Isaiah 60. It's time for the church, for the people of God to arise and shine, for the glory of God is on you. Living your life with authority and power and wisdom and navigating mistakes and dramas and difficulties and, 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 and crisis and folly with the wisdom of God that leads you to a place that blesses yourself and blesses your family blesses others. I want to speak that over you tonight. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Your light, the wisdom that God's imparted to you. So if you'd stand your feet tonight, I want to encourage you with that. You know, I, I, I look at Proverbs 16 verse something or other, I can't remember what it is. It says, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. And there's so many times in the scripture, Jesus said, those who are wise in this world will be confounded. We've got to not replace God's wisdom with our wisdom. We've got to not trust in, in the wisdom of this world, but we have to embrace the wisdom that God is giving to us, will give to us and has given to us. And uh, If you're here and you're living by your own wisdom, I want to encourage you to humble yourself before God and say, God, I don't know it all. I know some things and I've got some competency in this area, but God, if I could just humble myself before you, I'd love to receive from you. I want to exchange the wisdom of my life and the wisdom of this world for what you have for my life. That's you just open your heart to Him. Open your hands. Just lift your hands right now and say, God, I've just been probably trusting myself more. And I can tell you how you'll know that. You'll have anxiety. You'll have concern. You'll have very deep worry about the outcome of many situations and circumstances. But, but when you're living by the wisdom of God, you'll have a confidence, you'll have peace, you'll have a trust in Him. It won't be the absence of fear, but it'll be the confidence in God. And so if that's you today, why don't you just lift your hands. God, I pray for people who are living by their own wisdom. God, they want to exchange. I pray for humility and confidence to come before you. And I pray now for your wisdom to come into their life. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of wisdom. If you're here in this place and you want to join in and say, God, I want more of your wisdom in my life. 
I want to walk with confidence, insight, clarity, authority. Just raise your hands before Him right now. Father, I pray for this church, this gathering tonight, this 6 p.m. service. I pray Holy Spirit now would come and increase of your wisdom. You said that you would give it and you said that you would give generously wisdom to those who ask. And you said that you are the one that gives the Spirit without measure and your Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom. So right now, a fresh infilling of your Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the counsellor who can walk through all the difficulty, the pain and the comforter, the one who can bring comfort and the guide, the one who would coach and lead us and direct us and challenge us and spur us on to greater things in you. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for a fresh infilling, a fresh impartation for this church, for these men and women who are gathered in this place tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. We don't have to earn it. We just have to receive it and then engage with it and then outwork it in our life. So we just receive all that you've got for us, God. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been doing things your way and you're really proud of that. Well, I want to tell you, it's going to end badly. It's going to end real bad. And and that's just the whole process of acknowledging that we need a Savior. And, uh, and that involves then repentance before Him and coming towards Him and inviting Him to be Lord of our life. Not at letting our opinion be Lord of our life, but letting Him be Lord of our life. And if that's you tonight, I'll maybe just raise your hand right now and I'm going to pray for you. You say, God, I, I want to give my life to You, make You Lord of my life. I'm going to take my opinion off the throne of my life and put You there. If that's you, I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I pray for these people that are just inviting you to be Lord and Savior of their life. Why don't you repeat this prayer? I can see a number of hands tonight. Just say this prayer in church. You can say this after me. Dear Jesus, come on, say it really loud. Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life tonight. I take my wisdom and my opinion off the throne of my life. And I place you in the highest place of my life. I invite you into my heart. Make your home in me. Thank you for going to the cross and paying the price for my sin. I receive your forgiveness and I receive your love. I turn from my ways and I want to follow your ways. Thank you for making me part of your family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, let's praise God together. (laughs) He's good, He's good, He's good, He's good, He's good. Trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.